Hi, everyone. This is Javier, your host here at the Restore Podcast. We would love to hear your thoughts about the Restore Podcast topics, guests, your favorite episodes, or whatever you may want to let us know. And I am so happy to announce that now you can do that simply by texting us by going to the show notes. There, you will see a link that simply says, send us a text message. Click on it. Don't remove the number there that you will see and simply send us a text. Simple as that. So don't wait. Go to any episode show notes and text us now. Let us know your thoughts. We can't wait to hear from you. God bless. Welcome to Restore, a podcast seeking to restore the vision, restore the mission, restore the church. And now your host, Javier Diaz. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 2 of the Restore Podcast. In this episode, I sit down with Pastor Ivan Williams. Perhaps uh, some of you that are listening may not know who he is, but Pastor Williams, along with his team, uh, oversee to some degree the ministerial aspects of all the Adventist churches in North America. And as as he travels throughout North America, it was uh, truly great to be able to sit down with him for a few moments and hear what he has to say about restoring the vision, the mission, hence restoring the church. So here it is. Ivan, thank you so much for being with us. I, uh, we know that you are a busy man traveling here to there, uh, taking care of God's business in different places. And so we are delighted to have you in our podcast today. Thank you, Javier. It's a privilege and a pleasure to uh, be able to talk with you. Awesome. Great to have you again. So let's get right into it. Um, We are on a journey, and we have just started this podcast as a resource for pastors, leaders, everyone, really, to be honest with you, in regards to restoring the vision, restoring the mission, restoring our church. And so as you travel throughout uh, North America, Canada, our different churches there, different churches here in the United States, and perhaps elsewhere, um, what are some of the concerns that you may have in regards to churches that, um, in regards to their vision, their mission emphasis? Give us a little bit about that as you are able to go to so many different places around and visit so many churches. Javier, that's a great question. Um, You know... Unless one has mission clarity and mission focus, um, the ministry is going to be almost schizophrenic. It's going to be, it it probably will succumb to the tyranny of the urgent or whatever the hot button is or the issue is. But when you are sure about your mission, when you're clear, uh, when a congregation is clear, when a pastor is clear, um, mission seems to be the heartbeat of that church, that congregation, and the church board's focus, all of the meeting focus. Um, when people are clear about their mission, when they know what they are doing and they know what the goal is, mm-hmm. um, people want to be a part of a winning team. Mm-hmm. A, a winning organization is a focused organization. And our mission is so clear from Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, There is no lack of clarity about his directives to us. But um, sometimes we we filter that down and we we get into, um, you know, I said the other night, um, really time is out for missionless, meaningless, fruitless, calendar-filled events. 
that just are really veneers of I see a lack of mm-hmm. uh, a mission. Okay, so you say that part of the essence of it is that when people see that desire for vision, that desire for mission, that the rest takes care of itself. The church will gather together. The church will move forward. So again. Um, as you travel, as you're able to see all that, I just want to kind of kick back on that just a little bit. What are some specific areas, perhaps in principles, because every context is different, mm-hmm. but in principles that people can be intentional or churches, congreg- you know, leaders, pastors can be intentional in making sure that they are restoring the essence, to use that word, of the ultimate mission that we know what it is in the hearts and minds of, of the people. Uh, that's a very interesting question. In light of uh, the mission of the gospel, um, Jesus says, Go ye therefore and teach and baptize and make disciples uh, in my name. Um, and then he said in Matthew 24 also, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all the world for witness, and then the end will come. I believe that mission it it gives you the impetus mm-hmm. um and and sometimes i think people uh succumb to okay here's the overarching thing that we are about but then where it gets lost javier in my opinion mm-hmm. is how does the gospel live incarnationally okay. in the neighborhood yes. where my church my ministry yes resides. And what I mean by that is we have a global gospel commission, Mm -hmm. which is our mission. But how do we put feet and hands and eyes and ears in the local community? And I will just share a couple of things. First of all, um, a congregation that lives incarnationally in its community understands its community. Okay. Um, you know, I would say that there are quite a few churches where they have neighbors that they haven't even gone to the neighbor's house mm. to find out who they are, what they need, how can they serve them, and just to be friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so living incarnationally means that you're going to connect with the community and not necessarily to push your agenda. Because there's something about disinterested benevolence that allows people to be able to say, you know, they're not in it for something. Mm -hmm. They're really here because they care and they want to be a part of making a difference in our community. So I would say the first and foremost is living incarnationally, uh, doing what Jesus did, uh, coming out of the ivory tower of the four walls of the church, Mm -hmm. going in the community. Uh, serving with the community. And you've heard this term, but uh, go where God is already moving. Work yes. with people who are already the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, and you will find out many needs. Uh, go to the city fathers. Mm-hmm. See how you can partner with the uh, civic organizations. Okay. Uh, I can go on and on no, about no, that. No, no, I understand. <laughs> so. What I hear you saying is, in, in, in essence, is that we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Uh, you finish saying, go to what God is already doing. Sometimes we think that, that when we come to a place or that we have to reinvent the wheel, as I just said, 
as opposed to partnering with organizations in the community that are, are already doing great things. Correct. Where, as you mentioned, we can uh, be incarnational in those areas there. Uh, we can serve. Uh, we can understand our community that way better. Um, and essentially a word that I've often used is, is be a sphere of, of influence wherever we are. Uh, because many people these days, especially in North America, I'm not sure about Canada, and maybe you can help me out there or other places, uh, most of our church members, in a general sense, really don't live close to the building where they go to worship because we are the church, right? So I always mention about being a sphere of influence wherever we are, and we gather together as the church body. And so absolutely, being incarnational in those different ways. So Absolutely. Um, I'm going to kind of shift gear now from we were kind of talked about the essence of being intentional and reaching our community, uh, restoring the vision and the mission in that way. But now I would like to ask you a question about methodology. Now, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to put you up against the wall. I don't want to um, have you choose one or the other or anything that way. I'm not going to say, which one do you think is best? Mm-hmm. But there's always conversation within our community, um, or there has been conversations about traditional evangelism mm-hmm. and the current trends of evangelism. And we can define current trends in so many different ways. So we, sure. I don't want to get too far into that. But for example, I will give one example, right? So you have the traditional model that, to some extent, I would say Seventh-day Adventists in our community have been kind of like the... Uh, main guns, if I can say it that way, of doing the four- to six-week meeting, um, as opposed to now we're hearing more and more of, you know, that is is really not a way to reach, for example, millennials, the big word. Mm-hmm. So, again, um, we'd love to have you here, and what I love about that, and I've mentioned it right from the beginning, is because you're able to see such a diagram of across our our, our, our country, our division, um, and for, and that way you can give us a better picture. Is the traditional model working in your eyes? I guess I am pinning you know pinning you up against the wall, huh? It's okay. Um, or do you believe that it's not working? Or we also hear the term, "Listen, do whatever you want as long as it works." And I guess maybe that's the quote unquote easy way out, but it may be the right way out. So I'm going to let you. I'm going to leave it there and see what you got to say. <laughs> sure, Javier. I tell you that is a very relevant question. Um, I would say from the outset that you should uh, approach connecting, uh, living with, and reaching souls in the best way possible. Amen. Uh, There are some proven methods, um, uh, relational evangelism, incarnational evangelism, uh, getting to know people, serving people. I can give you... Uh, examples of even uh, my home church, mm-hmm. where for almost three years we have served the community in various ways. We've adopted families. We've helped them with back-to-school supplies mm-hmm. for their children, mm-hmm. giving them um, uh, health clinics, uh, offering um, uh, haircuts and mm, okay. and. and uh, uh, health clinics for for the families. I mean, we've done that for several years, and all of a sudden, the people we've been serving have just started asking, "Where do you go to church?" And they started showing up. Mm-hmm. 
And it's because we have been the hands and feet of Jesus. We have uh, spent some time investing in being living epistles, read and known of men, as Paul says, I believe. And um, just living with the people, serving the people, it will bring them. That doesn't mean that, quote unquote, a traditional approach to evangelism where you send out Bible instructors, you bring in someone or the pastor does an evangelistic meeting, and then you have a reaping or baptism at the end, doesn't work. I think that many different methods work in many different ways in various places. I think that a congregation that knows this community should know the best way to reach its particular community. And time is really out for us to um, go in a community, snatch the souls that we see that are desirous to be a part, and then leave. Mm -hmm. Um, People really want to know that you care. You've heard the term. um, They don't need to know what you know. They need to know that you care, and then they'll ask questions about what you know. Yeah. Right. So... That's really why I asked the question, because I think sometimes uh, we ask questions or maybe some may have it in their hearts. Why aren't we doing a traditional model? Others are saying, why are we why are we doing this traditional model? Why don't we do it another way? And so what I hear you inferring is that ultimately, as we reach the people, do whatever is working and can work. Mm-hmm. reassess what is not working. Correct. And then uh, where do you go from there? Because if something is not working, then something's got to change, right? And Javier, let me jump in. See, see, mission focus means that you are relevant. Mm. And sometimes when you're, when you're not mission focused, you're not relevant. You're doing what you think yes. and what maybe is your best uh, approach to reaching people. But when you're mission focused, it keeps you relevant. And mission, I believe, is it is not stagnant in the sense that it is stuck in tradition. Mm-hmm. And and I want to go on record to say that you have the other pendulum swinging. Well, I don't want to do traditional uh, outreach or evangelism, and then people end up doing nothing. Correct. Doing nothing is not an option for right. mission. Absolutely. And so we just have to find out through relational approaches, what, Lord, what is it that we can do, um, whether it's, it's getting a demographic study of your, of your community, um, whether it's, it's reaching out and serving in many different ways, Build a house with Habitat for Humanity. Mm, yes. uh, do some random acts of kindness. Yes. Go and serve at the Boys and Girls Club. I mean, there's just a million things you can do. Go out there and do something and yes. get involved is the yes. ultimate. And that's, that's really what, in essence, we want to restore in the life and the body of, of all of us, uh, beginning with, with myself. Um, let us stop worrying about simply methods we do got to have that discussion amongst leaders and Mm -hmm. um, our areas of influence of how we're going to do it but ultimately let's do something let's reassess and whether it's four weeks i have colleagues friends that that uh, 
have done and are still doing meetings such as that with some manner of success. Mm -hmm. And success, we mean that there's people coming to Jesus through them. There's follow-up. There's discipleship. So I want to kind of define that. And obviously, I have and know many people who are doing their one-week meetings, not only in, in our community, we often hear that only works in the Spanish realm. Well, I've seen some form of success of that and also in other fields, the, you know, more with Anglo churches um, as well. Not as much, but I believe that more and more we're going to see that. Uh, so ultimately it's however it is, do something for Jesus. Do something for Jesus. And methodology can get people stuck. Uh, I do believe that it is, and I learned this from Elder Cleveland as a student at Oakwood. He said, it is an injustice to include people without informing them. Mm. A lot of times we say, come on and be a part of the mission, Mm. but we don't inform them. We don't train them, um, but we want to include them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I do believe his statement is true, to send people out without any kind of training, any kind of uh, uh, mission focus, that that is an injustice. Absolutely. That's great advice. So I want to shift gears one more time uh, before I let you go. You asked at our Restore Conference a question when you um, opened up on your talk. And if I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you said, if you can do anything where failure was not an option, or it wasn't going to happen, what would it be? So I'm going to flip it, and I'm going to ask you, but I'm going to add a little caveat. If you were, at some point, you say, I am done with being the North American Division Ministerial Secretary, Mm -hmm. I surrender my keys to my office, and I want to now pastor one local church, because you're the pastor of all pastors and many churches in that sense. So what is the one thing you would do, right, with everything we've talked about? I see you smiling like, here we go. He's putting me on the spot again. <laughs> What's the one thing you would do if failure was just not something that was even an option? I got an answer for you because it's a dream of mine. All right. I would buy one or two barbershops, hmm. and I would connect with those barbershops a health clinic, And it would be a place where, at least initially, men could come, Mm -hmm. where we talk about men issues, Mm -hmm. men's issues. Um, And it would kind of be a high end. I would want men to be able to get pedicures, manicures. But a barbershop is a place where men talk about a lot of issues. Mm -hmm. And so I would create an environment where we would deal with the issues of today And I would open up an opportunity to connect with men spiritually. Mm. We would open up the word. We would talk about men's health. We would talk about men's uh, marriage, relationship issues, and uh, all because they come to get a haircut. So in my mind, I one day, and I've told several people this, I want to own a couple of barbershops, and really they are um, barbershops that are incarnational um, 
with a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, you have a great, great haircut. I can see why you would want to open up, up uh, that. And you know what? And your nails look good, too. Okay, we're going in a whole other direction. But, you know, that's incredible. That's exactly what you have been talking about. It's, you know, community-based. It's a, it's a place. Um, I often hear or have heard Andy Stanley talk about um, creating that part of what pastors do, leaders do, is create environments. That's it. Where people can come to not simply worship, mm-hmm. but have conversations. They yes. can feel comfortable to that. That's part of what we do, whether it's in a uh, building where we worship mm-hmm. um, or a building where we get our hair cut. Yeah. So I, I pray that the Lord will will guide that. You let me know because I want to be <laughs> in that place to get a haircut if I still have hair by then. Um, but I know I will have nails, so I will get a mani and a pedicure too. So I have we no problem give, with getting that. We can give you a ball shave as well. Okay, that would be great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ivan, for being with us. Thank you for taking our time and answering these questions. And may we continue further, each one in our respective roles, to restore the vision, restore the mission, and restore the church. Thank you. Glad to do it. I hope you enjoyed that uh, conversation with Pastor Ivan Williams. And, you know, he's so right uh, about what he said, um, particularly at the beginning, about mission clarity. That's something that is so, so important um, and a big part of what we're trying to do through this podcast. I I also loved uh, that one thing that he would do if uh, failure wasn't an option and of opening a barber shop. It was interesting how he, he already had an answer to that uh, question. So I love that. I, I truly do. Uh, well, friends, I, I hope you were blessed by um, my conversation with Pastor Ivan Williams. And please uh, spread the word. Let your friends know about the Restore podcast. And also, please do subscribe. Uh, God bless you all. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this Restore podcast. We hope you've been blessed. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss any of our inspiring episodes. 